Uh, everybody a moment to find their in where in their books. It starts with Tanu Rabbanan Mahu Chotem. They're probably swearing at you or something. All right, so just to remind you, um, we've had the, the concept of the what makes up Birkat Amazon, of the different paragraphs. What is, is it considered Midoraita? Is it later? Is the history, history of it? The background of it? Um, we've had the concepts of where the Right now, it's Shikham Malkuti, you have to say Baruch Atah Hashem. We've had the concepts of you have to do uh, the concept in, in, uh, in Birchat Aretz. We had to, you have to do with regard to Bonei Yerushalayim, Sarich Lishkorba Torah. We've had all of the concepts that are part of Birchat Amazon. Um, and what we're, we're going to deal with now, because we'll just go straight on, is how do the Brachot finish? What is the bracha? There are two types of brachot. One is a, what we'll call a full bracha, which starts with Baruch Hashem and ends with Baruch Hashem. And there's another bracha, which is not a quote-unquote full bracha, it just ends with Baruch Hashem. Okay, so there are, in each case, uh, the issues related to this, um, at this particular moment. We will also see uh, what happens if you end it in certain kinds of ways. Um, and it'll take us at least not a field but it'll take us into the liturgy of uh, the different holidays special days special occasions and the way brachot finish up and complete okay so all of this is part of of what we're dealing with at this particular time Um, and it will continue uh, for the next couple of pages dealing with all of this thing with your kind of Amazon, etc. Um, when we get to all of this in the end, I'll try to do some modern stuff on it as well. Um, and what we'll do is we'll look at the different versions and see if they fulfill the responsibilities of what they're supposed to have within them in order to uh, maintain the, the legitimacy of a full Birkat Amazon. Okay? So everybody have the page. Mem Tet Amud Aleph in, in the, this book page 214. Anybody has it anyplace else? Okay. Who's going to take today? Go ahead. I'm also happy to just to share with whoever else wants to read. I don't have to do the whole day. That's what I'm saying. That's fine. I just want to, I don't want to take any response. Mahu Chotem. Okay, Chotem. Mahu Chotem. How do you finish the bracha? We've had all the stuff dealing with how you begin it. Rachim, etc. And in this case, it is we're going to deal specifically with the set with the bracha of Bonei Yerushalayim. 
Okay? Now, why, why would they ask Mahu Chotem? Because at one time it presumably means there were different endings. Otherwise, why the question would come up? The question must have been there are different ways that they ended the bracha of Bonebri Barachamav Yerushalayim Amen, which we said at one point was the end of Birkat Amazon. Remember that the we had that the last part was added as a thanksgiving and gratitude for Harugei Beitar, for the Beitar people who were killed and then were able to be buried. So it ended at a certain point. So that's a Mahu Chotim. To be non Yerushalayim. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Moshia, Yisrael. Okay, so we have a disagreement here, which clearly means that at one point it was fluid. Okay? One says, in a sense, Binyan Yerushalayim, Bonebarachamav Yerushalayim, and one says Moshia Yisrael, which is a much wider concept that God is the faithful God to save Israel. The Hoshia. Okay, Hoshana. So, clearly a different kind of bracha, according to Rabbi Yossi, the Rabbi Yehuda. Okay? Moshe Yisrael in Binyan Yerushalayim, love. No, does that mean you only say Moshe Yisrael, in means, yes, ken. Ubonei Yerushalayim, lo? I mean, it's all about Yerushalayim, rachina, etc. And you just add Baruch Atah Hashem, Moshe Yisrael, and the response of the Talmud now is Ela Ema Af Moshiach Yisrael Ela Ema, you should say even, meaning in addition to Boneh Barachamav Yerushalayim U Moshiach Yisrael as such you had both of them so they, 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 the bottom line they both agree that you have to have Boneh Yerushalayim there's a disagreement whether you have to add as well Moshiach Yisrael according to the second view According to Rabbi Yisrael and Rabbi Yehuda, you add Moshia Yisrael. All right. Um, now, we've said above. If you look just a bit uh, above, it says in the, about the third line in our case, Okay, you're an ignoramus. The whole Shemer, etc. Meaning, so how can you say Moshe Yisrael? Response is no. You should say both of them, according to Rabbi. So you're still doing Bonei Yerushalayim, and if you add Moshe Yisrael, according to him, it's okay. But to say Moshe Yisrael by itself, not permissible. What is the Chatima that's Moshe Yisrael? I don't even know. It doesn't exist. Okay, good. It doesn't exist. No, no, no. But it shows you that it was. It shows you that the liturgy was fluid at one point. And there were some people who felt that that should have been the end of the bracha. It clearly didn't make the grade. Okay? And you see it from above. It says, Moshe Yisrael, what you say? He's a harezebur. That's pretty strong language. Which means, ultimately, that this is not something that's appropriate. And if it's not something that's appropriate, then, you know, let's do it that way. You know. So the only way you can do it is make it in addition to Bonei Yerushalayim as such. Okay? So that's the first little part. Next part. Okay, so Rabba Bar Rahuna Ikla happened to be or came to Be Reish Galuta. Who is the Roshagola? What's the English? How would you define it? The Exilarch. The Exilarch. In Palestine, he was the Patriarch. Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, it was the patriarch, Mi Beit Hillel, 
in Beit David, in Babel, the exilarch. He was the head of the community. He was the person who worked with the civil and civic authorities, etc. So the exilarch was, and it was royalty in its day. Okay, so the exilarch was a very important person. Doesn't tell this person's name, but Rabbi Barahuna happened to be in the house of the Reish Galuta. This was a place probably. I don't want to say a palace, because that takes us out of realms, but relative wealth, status, servants, etc., etc. Okay, the exarch was a very important person in Babylonia, head of the community. And he was asked basically, I guess, to do Girkaramazon. Patah Bechada, he opened with one and finished with. Two. Okay? He began with Rachim, as it says, Ayushalayim, and ended with two, Bonei Yerushalayim, Moshiach Yisrael. Okay? We've just said you should. And, how, and we, don't we also know from the next line? The Hatanya. Um, I'm sorry. I'm a Rachim. Yeah, right, sorry. I'm a Rachim. And this great person allowed him to be able to finish with Shtayim? Wait a minute, didn't we learn now? The Hatanya. The Hatanya, Rabbi Omer, Chotim, Chotmin, Bishtayim. Ain Chotim, Didn't we learn Rabbi? Now, Rabbi is the patriarch. Okay? The patriarch who is Rabbi Huda Nasi. Who is Mibet Hillel, Mibet David, who is the authority of the Mishnah, who is Palestinian and earlier? That's authority. That's authority. Ein Chotmin Bishtayim. And here, the Exilarch presumably allowed him. He said it, so you could presumably, he was allowed to do so, or he at least took it upon himself to be able to do so, etc. And now we're going to get some very interesting concepts of where it's possible to have a bracha which is larger than just one bracha. Most of these are going to be familiar to you, and they will deal with um, what we call birchot which are those of benefit as such, eating from motzi to seeing things that are wonder wondrous, to some of the liturgy themselves. So, Gufa Rabbi Omer, that Rabbi said. Now, Eitave Levi Berebi. Levi, who is a person, okay, said now to Rebbe, wait a minute, you said There are some where we actually add more than one at the end of a bracha, such as. All right, hey, we just. We just had, right? We, that's the second bracha. Everybody agrees to that. In Birkat Mazon, Eretz Mazon. And what is, in a sense, either Rabbi or the Talmud ad? Demafka means lahotzi to take out. What do you take out of the gland? Mazon, food. Meaning, it's really the same thing. Mazon. You're asking God to. You're giving God gratitude for the land and its offspring, its produce. It's products. If you deal with Bonei Yerushalayim and Moshiach Yisrael, those are two separate things. Those are two separate things. So, that's the first one. Next. Al-Haaretz Val HaPerot. Al-Haaretz Val HaPerot. Where would that happen? 
the brachat made shalosh, there were certain things that they had it, where they said it, and the response was, same thing, what comes from the land? The fruit. Mazon would be produce, wheat, etc. Growing in the land, perot clearly are fruit. So again, it's all one and the same and not a different concept. Okay, where do you know that from? Yantav, Yantav Kiddush, Masmusaf, Mekadesh Yisrael Vazmanim, right? Yisrael Hakadish, the Kadeshenu Vazmanim. Yisrael, who is the one who sanctifies time? Israel. How do we sanctify time? Mekadesh Yisrael. How do we sanctify time? We set the calendar. We set the calendar. We make those days sacred. Witnessing new moons, etc., etc. So, ultimately, what is Mekadesh Yisrael of Azmanim? It's all the same thing. Israel and its sanctification of time. It's not Bonei Yerushalayim Umoshia Yisrael, which are two different concepts. This is all one of a more inclusive concept, concept as the case may be. Mekadesh Yisrael Vereshi Chadashim. Ah, okay, now we're into where is this one? Rosh Chodesh, okay. Yisrael dekadashehu sheinu al Chadashim. Okay, we are the ones who sanctify the Rosh Chodesh, right? Through the witnessing, again, one can say it's all one inclusive. Yisrael and Rosh Chodesh, Yisrael and Zmanim, etc. But here's another one. Ah, <laughs> now we're doing everything, okay? This is Yantav and Shabbos, right? Chutz Mizo. This one is different. This is why is this a little bit different? First of all, it's three. Okay. Secondly, we don't set Shabbat. Right, I would agree. We set Rosh Chodesh. We set the holidays through Rosh Chodesh. But Shabbat is Shabbat. It happens every week. We don't set. Gee, this week we'll have Shabbat on Wednesday, and next week we'll have it on Tuesday, etc. Might be nice, but different, right now. But Shabbat is set, and so I think the Chutz Mizol literally means this one is a little different in in this particular case. Um, all right. So for okay, look if you look at Rashi, he says You can't say that Israel does sanctifies both Shabbat and the holidays. They are tied, the, all the holidays are tied to the court. To, to create this, the, the beginnings of the month through the witnessing. But Shabbat is Kadosh and there. You're going to celebrate it every week. The one cited so far, it's still the same verb applied to Hashem. That is, Makadesh. Mm-hmm. Or. Um, whereas in the, you know, in the in the, uh, uh, the Moshiach Israel, it's a different verb. Yeah, yeah, and I think you're correct in the in the sense number one that they're two separate things. Right. Okay. Bonei Binyan Yerushalayim Moshiach Israel are not the same things. God saves the people of Israel. It doesn't mean building Jerusalem necessarily, or vice versa. How about Shehechian? It's not the same thing, okay? It's it's it's. In other words, this is 
this is the this is a bracha which is Baruch Atah Hashem Mekadesh Yisrael Bazmanim. The other one Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Haolam Shechianu Vigimanu Vigimanu. Okay, so it's not the same form in that sense. Umay Shana. Okay, Umay Shana. Why is this one different as such? Here it's one, meaning exactly what Sam said. And one other thing. Here it's, they're two separate things. They're two, we said, it's, you know, Rosh Chodesh and that. And Moshia Yisrael and Bonei Yerushalayim are two separate things. They're not the same. Each one is equal, is individual to itself. So Moshiach Yisrael and Bonayushan. Can you build Jerusalem and not save the people of Israel? No. Presumably yes. You were building Jerusalem during uh, the Second World War and Jews were being killed in the Holocaust. You could, okay? Can you save Israel and not build Jerusalem? Yeah. You could. I mean, again, theoretically, hypothetically, we all understand ideologically that it's a different ballgame. But if you ask God to Moshia Yisrael, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, when we say Hoshana, are we thinking about Jerusalem or are we thinking about the peoplehood? The peoplehood. Okay, so they're, they're two separate concepts. And they're saying the others all have a, a, not only the verb, as Sam correctly pointed out, but all have the same overarching concept of an agreement in this sense. And now all of a sudden, these ones are two separate. And that's why. What, do we go back to our question? How could the this? How could in front of the exilarch? How could Rabba Bar Rav Huna say two, two of them? Okay, this is a very interesting concept. What is chavila? What is a chavila? A package. You don't bundle up mitzvot. You don't bundle up mitzvot. Okay? So, what that means ultimately, it has halakhic ramifications, I'll tell you in a moment. What it means is that each mitzvah should be carried out on its own. And what it also means in this case is, Bonei Yerushalayim is this, Moshe Yisrael is that. Don't bring them together because it's like a chavilah. It's like we're putting everything in the basket. Each one deserves its own prayer, each one deserves its own hope, each one deserves its own concept, but not together. Now, okay? So, there's a concept in, in the halakha of Ein Marvim Simcha Basimcha. Okay? You don't throw simchas together. Okay? Right, so that, that may mean various things at certain times. It may mean that. You know, to throw, gee, everybody's together, let's just throw everything in at the same time. Because what happens, what happens, you know, as you well know, to get the family together and a kid's birthday happens to be around the same time. Okay? Or, you know, the kid's birthday, um, Shira's birthday is three days different from mine. Okay? We had to make sure that Shira had her own thing and if I was going to have something, you know, you can't throw them, oh, I'll have it together with Abba. Great. You know, a lot of fun. So, aim of our simple simple. What happens when you have. Twin boys, what do you do with a bris? How do you run the bris? One at a time. One at a time. 
Exactly. One at a time. I know I did that. Right. No, no. Exactly. And that's a halacha. One at a time. Each one is its own simcha. Each one, it has to be the eighth day. You can't do it any other time unless God forbid somebody's sick or whatever. All right, or one's born, you know, just before sunset and one after sunset. That's just what you need. Uh, <laughs> can happen. Can happen, right? All right. What happens? I've had one. You had a boy and a girl. Okay, twins. You do them at the same time or not? You can't get people together, but maybe you do something separate for the girl, etc. So you do when you do a bris of twins, you do the whole ceremony for one. And you do the second ceremony for the other. Ain osim mitzvot chavilot. You don't take advantage of. Oh, we're all together. Let's just put them together. It doesn't say because otherwise, what would we do? We'd have tragedies every day. How do you pick Yom Hashoah? Every day was a day. Okay, and Jewish tradition in that realm says we can't do that. We know in the Middle Ages there were a number of days that were fast days because of the Crusades. Crusades were a horrible time for the Jewish community, and there were a number of days that were days of mourning. And eventually the rabbi says, we just can't do this. So the reason for hope is positive. I mean, so we wouldn't be... Well, I, I guess positive. I don't know about idea. You know, <laughs> I, I, it's ideal. It's, it's, it makes sense. Let's put it that way. I don't want the word positive is the right one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and again, here it's a sense of if you're going to give gratitude, you deserve to give gratitude. The person deserves, the event deserves, etc. Its own sense. So, literally means each simcha should be celebrated in its own realm. Each mitzvah should be recognized as a as an opportunity to, you know, thank God, worship, whatever, praise God, whatever the case may be, in its own sense. To throw in Bonei Yerushalayim, Moshe Yisrael. Moshe Yisrael is an important one. Nobody disagrees. But to throw, you know. Let's throw it in here. This doesn't make sense. Okay? You know, and, and again, it's endless mitzvot. It happens a great deal with, as families in particular, um, you know, are spread out, and all of a sudden we get people together, and, oh, we, you know, bar mitzvah. We never had a baby naming for our niece. Let's throw her in. She's six years old. That kind of thing, too. I mean, each person deserves their own little simcha, as the case may be. Uh, in the, so it's a very interesting concept. Uh, in that realm, um, something that you, sh- you know you should keep in mind in that in, in terms of its way of doing it. So, so that's where they come down. It's, it's uh, in, in this particular case. My Allah is next. My Okay. So what that means is my Allah. So what does it mean? What what is? Why did they disagree? You know all of these kinds of things. My havila, mazel mer, kind of thing. Amar Rav Sheshes patach barachim al mecha Yisrael, chotim b'moshiach Yisrael, patach barachim al Yerushalayim, chotim kavonei Yerushalayim. All right. So now, why? What does this really mean? Again, in the fluidity of the liturgy of that bracha. There were some people who began, no, Rachem Alamcha Yisrael, Yisrael Amecha, Yisrael Amecha, etc. And the bracha wasn't about Yerushalayim, it was about Moshia Yisrael. The phrase, the important part was, Rachem Al Yisrael, and therefore the bracha ended with 
Moshiach Yisrael. We know that what eventually became the fixed liturgy was Ayushalayim Yerecha. That became the important part of the bracha and ends with Boneh Barachamav Yerushalayim. So there was a, there is at least a consistency. If you're going to talk about saving it, having a passion upon Israel, and that's your main object of the, of description of the bracha, ended with Moshiach Israel. If your main thing is Yerushalayim, then ended with Boneh Yerushalayim. And there seems to have been a disagreement, or at least Rav Sheshit says there was a disagreement in that realm. The end of the blessing should reflect what the beginning is all about too. Now we do both, right? etc. We kind of throw it all in, but we ended with Boneber Rachamav Yerushalayim. Is he saying there's a disagreement, or is he just saying there's? He's explaining. He's explaining. He's explaining that there were, there was ultimately what we would call a disagreement, but there was a different way for understanding it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think it shows you the fluidity of it in, in that realm. Ah, so Rav Nachman says, hey, you want to say the main thing is about Yisrael, Yisrael Amecha, that's the first one after all, then Yerushalayim. You can still finish with Moshiach, with Bonei Yerushalayim, because he's going to bring a verse. Yisrael, Yisrael, right? Yisrael, right? Okay, great. But to heal him. So this comes from the God will build Jerusalem and bring back all the scattered remnants of Israel. Okay, Yehanes, God will bring them all together. Amatai, when will will that be? When will God build Jerusalem? Ah, when everybody comes back to Zion, when God will bring them all back. That's really Biniat Yerushalayim. So they seem to change it from the verb saving Israel to the coming of the Moshiach. The word Moshiach, does the meaning of the word change? Or have they're not dealing with Moshiach. I mean, they're, they're, that's anointed. Moshiach is anointed. Okay, it's not Savior, it's anointed. It's a person who was anointed with the oil. That's what the Moshiach was. Okay, Mashuach. Mashuach B'Shemen is really what it is. person who was anointed with oil. They were the people who were... The, David was anointed with oil. Okay, that was the Kohen. Okay, had to be anointed with oil. They were the people who were the unique individuals so chosen. The word Mashiach comes really from that. Not Moshiach. Not Moshiach. Okay? Now, this is a... The last part is ideological, in a sense. Okay? When is Jerusalem really going to be built? When everybody comes back, God is going to bring it back all at one time. I, mean, I can tell you, just coming back from Jerusalem, there's an enormous amount of building going on, just phenomenal amount of building all over the city. It's the city bird is okay. the crane. Hmm? The city yeah. bird is the crane. All over the city, and I'm not even talking about you know the, the outskirts. I'm talking about the main sections, etc. Um, so I don't know whether they'll all be sold and when they'll go up, etc. But near our near our area, further out area in Arnona, near Ramat Rachel downtown, enormous amount of building. So, is that Bonet Yerushalayim? Maybe. We wouldn't be able to build if we weren't back there in the same realm. So, you can take that ideology the way you want in terms of the Zionist movement uh, and in terms of the realities of today. 
Um, let me. I want to. I'm just going to read since since you don't have the Ionim, the page on two fourteen, the last one. I'll read it, Brad. Okay, because I think it's not verbal. Shelot Shelot Levi Lerabi. Okay, those who have it. Shelatosha Levi Gambinyan Mikadesh Israel Bahazmanim. Remember, Levi said, "How can you put two together?" It's also is Mikadesh Israel Bahazmanim as far as he's concerned. The Gam Mikadesh Israel Roshay Chodeshim. Ich lechoram yuteret. You don't need the second one. Yuteret means it's additional. You know, not not necessary. Shekain otak shuvah l'shtei shelot. You have the same answer to both questions. Ulam yesh makom lafkin bein ashelot. There's a willing. You can make a differentiation uh, between the two uh, questions. Roshay achodeshim shelo kichagim enam tuim af bikviat beitin. Sharei rosh chodesh nikbal pi amolad yarech hagavu bide shemayim. Roshay chodeshim is clearly done on the basis of seeing the moon, and that's it that way. Umishum kach. And therefore, you could say that Mikadesh Yisrael, as a nation, and Mikadesh Roshech Hodashim is to do the sanctification of the months, which is a whole process of seeing the moon, could be thought as two separate things, and that's why he brought that one as well, in addition to the other one. All right, and finally, the Orach on the on the bottom. So what do we actually do according to the halacha? We actually do Rachem Hashem Yisrael Al Yisrael Amechav Ayushalayim Erechav Al Tzion Mishkan Kvodecha Rabbi David Mishkichecha etc. So we really begin with Rachem Al Yisrael Amecha and how do we chotem Boneh Berachamav Yerushalayim? So what do we? What does this all prove? That in essence we have taken, harmonized, suggested that you can begin with Israel and still finish with Yerushalayim. Even though it's part of Jerusalem, that's not the first words. Rachim Yisrael Amecha is the first part of the of the, of the bracha. So, um, just a thought uh, in in uh, our liturgy or in our sources they use uh, a repetition for emphasis or for to have it more poetic but they're yeah go ahead but they're arguing that we shouldn't do that our hachamim are no there are I think right the the repetition is either for emphasis sometimes it's parallelism Mm -hmm. in in tehillim and those kind of things Um, and, and so I think what they're really saying is if you have a bracha, stick to the bracha. Okay? Stick to the theme. Don't go all over the theme and throw in the last part of it, too. In the end, they're saying it's possible to put, when you want to do Birkat Amazon, you have to say certain things. You, to have, you're going to say, just have compassion upon Jerusalem. You want to say, ask compassion about Israel, too. So I, I don't think it's the same thing as, as, as emphasis. It's a matter of how the bracha was uh, sort of set out and what gave it legitimization more than anything else. Okay? That's how I would take it. The the Exilarch was a position, it wasn't a single person? It was a position and it was, again, through, supposedly, through the Davidic strength of people in Babylonia. So it was hereditary. 
And so there were certain specified roles and responsibilities. And okay. He was a head of the community as such, uh, the political head of the community, let's put it that way. Okay. okay. And the Exilarch represented the community, same as Rabbi Huda Nasi did from Palestine, with the authorities. In, in Babylonia, it was with the Persian authorities, the Sasanian authorities, etc. Um, was a, a different, you know, there were different uh, rulers there. Um, but with the patriarchs, you know, and, and you have Yehuda Nasi, we have occasions with speaking to Antonius, speaking to the matrons, etc. He represented the Jewish community. So it was uh, a very important position and had, a, as I said, it's not quite royalty, but it was as high a political position as you could get in that realm. Did I miss the Hebrew word for Galuta. Resh, okay, head of the Galut. Okay, Resh Galuta. Rosh Hagola. Because what was the Gola to that point? Babylonia. Okay, that was the, the major place. Okay, so, you know, that's what... The, today, if you look around the Jewish world, there are in, in individual countries, there are religious authorities, and there are political authorities. They're not necessarily the same thing. You take Argentina as an example, there's the Amya and there's a Daya. There's, there's the head, the chief rabbi, but there's a political arm as well. You have it in, in France, in the Consistoire, and you have the religious authority, which is the chief rabbi. This country, and Canada for that matter as well, are the exception. Who was the head of the community here? Whoever says they are. Okay, there is no head of the community here, rabbinically, religiously, or politically. Now, for some, that's the way it should be. Otherwise, you get religion and state and everything else that goes haywire all over the world. For others, is when you want to speak to the Jewish community, who do you speak to? You pick your person today. And each one of the rulers, as such, have done that recently and will continue to do that. Speak to the people who will give them what they want to hear. So there's a good part and a bad part. The, the note here says that they are also involved in collecting taxes. No, that's big, right. So, the, but who did the taxes go to? They went to the, the ruling authority, the sitting government. So they they had a role. They were a very important person. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? Doing well. Keep going. <laughs> I'm happy to share all the glory. <laughs> this ain't glory. This ain't glory. Amarle Rebbe Zera L'Rav Chizda Mar Okay. Amarle Rabbi Zera L'Rav Chizda. So we're back. We're back in Telonia. Nete Mar V'Nitne. Let, Nitne means come, Mar, my teacher, and teach me. Okay. He's going to ask him a question. Amarle Birchas Mizona Lo Gam Rafista said, Birkaramazon lo Gamarni. Gamar is to learn. To learn. Gamara. 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 Okay? I didn't learn Birka I don't know all the rules of Birkaramazon. I don't know all of it. Vitanuye Matnita, and I should teach you Mishnah? I mean, you know, it's like uh, I, why are you coming to me? I don't know necessarily these things. All right, I'm going to teach you Mishnah. Amarle. Amarle, my high. My high. There you go. There's another one you can try. That's actually Japanese already. <laughs> you know, my high. 
My, the next time you see them, say my hi. Michael Mahu was carelessness in Chinese. Okay, my hi, what is this, literally? Okay. Amarle, uh, so, my high. So, the way Steinzel says, what does it mean that you really haven't learned Birkhadamazon? I mean, this is, this is you know, Rav Chista. Chista was a, a great Babylonian scholar. So, he's going to give me, says, what does it mean? I happen to be where again? At the house of the Reish Galut. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what are we were going to do there? We were going to do Birkat Amazon. And I said Birkat Amazon, really. Ani Berachti. Okay? Birkat Amazon. I'm sorry, Okay, so this is, this is an odd phrase. The Zakif means it's literally sit up straight. Zakif, yeah. Zakif, right? Rav Sheshit Likoe Alai Kechivya. He wanted to put a, a, a serpent around my neck, basically. Alright? So, the way you, you have it here, some of us have the picture. Okay? The serpent picked up his neck. Okay. Okay. In other words, he got very angry with me. He got very angry with me. In other words, I did something which I shouldn't have done. I didn't say Birkatamazon properly. It's an odd phrase, needless to say. I don't know what the heck it means in, in in a real sense. I guess it was a Babylonian idiom, meaning you know your head stand, you know, you know your hair stands on edge. What does that mean? You know, we know what it means as slang. I think when you when the when the snake goes up straight like that, they're in for the kill. Yeah, they're going to attack. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but why would they say in terms of a snake? I, I don't know. But it's a common it's phrase. It was slang. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had a lot of snakes. Yeah, it was a slang. It was a slang concept. Means he got very angry with me. Okay, when you say to somebody's red in the face, you know what does that mean? Angry. I mean, we have we have all these. You know, you you, you learn these things when you really when. English is not your native language. The more I spend time with my grandchildren you, and you try to speak slang, they, they know, hear, understand English very well, but you say things, they go, Saba, Ma, Marta? I mean, you know, I mean, and, or, or the other way around. They say things in slang that I don't get. And I say, Shmuli, Marta, what are you talking I don't know what you're talking about. And, well, it's Saba. It, it, the slang is something that you really can't, you've got to be in a culture. It's mixed with Arabic. Yeah, no, but, well, whatever it is, you know, there, but here, even too, we have slang that we just know immediately. Your face turns red. If somebody doesn't quite get that, it may be cold outside or you're blushing. You know, it means anger, right? Because we all look. No, no, no. It means anger. And it... Go. Because I didn't say it right, according to him. I didn't add brit, which we said had to be done. I didn't add Torah. And I didn't add Malchut is Baruch Hashem. So maybe I don't know Berkat Amazon. And, and so the question came back. So 
You know you're supposed to say it. I mean, Rabbi Yisrael, you're at the home of the Grace Galuta. It's like going to your Rebbe's place and saying, and you lead it in the kind of a way that everybody knows you're wrong. You may get scared, you know. Oh, I was frightened. I didn't know what to do. But clearly, something's wrong here, right? Ah, so I followed Rav. Now Rav is no small person, right? Right. Okay. So I followed Rav who learned who, who was quoted by Rav Chananel. Lo Amar Brit v'Torah Malchut Yatsa. Now that's not going to be the normal thing, but for reason why that. Now why? Fascinating reasons, as you'll see. And I remember just it's written here. I didn't make it up. <laughs> what is what what aren't what aren't women part of the breed? Okay, they're not part of the breed in this sense. That's ridiculous. Torah, okay. Remember, we've had this whole thing of whether women can be counted as part of it. Torah, they don't have the mitzvah, limut Torah, etc. Umalchut, clearly. Not in the same realm. Therefore, I can. I didn't. Rav said you could, you want to do Birkat Amazon if you have women present, Avadim present. You don't have to add all this stuff in because they're not included in this particular thing. What is Shavak? Shavak is to send, literally. It's to send. Okay? Va'at Shavak. And you sent, as you'll see, pushed away. I don't understand what you just explained. Is there a, a women and children? It's it, it, we're right. That, this is an opinion. It's not the halacha. So just don't go. Uh, I said okay. It's not the halacha. We know that you're supposed to do all this. But he said it seems to say women are not part of the brit. So maybe you don't have to include it. Women don't have part of limud Torah. Maybe you don't have to include it. They're not part of malchut. They're never going to be malchut itself, right? Maybe you don't have to include it. I followed Rav. That's all, and they and the response is the response is va'at shavak shavat kol hani tane va'amor va'amorai va'adat karat. And you sent away all of the tanaim, all of those who are who are the teachers of the Mishnah, the amoraim, and all of the amoraim who are the teachers of the Talmud va'adat karav, and you followed Rav. Rhetorical question. Hmm. Rav may have agreed, thought of that way, but nobody else did. Everybody else, all of the Tanaim and all the Amorim, felt that kind of the other kind of way. You, you had no right to do that, and therefore, Rav Sheshit got very angry with you. And frankly, he deserved to get very angry with you. You really don't know Berkat Amazon. <laughs> okay, so again, what, what you always get with these. These things that happen. There's a, there seems to be, you know, you would think there's a kernel of truth happening, a part of it, maybe. There happenstance, there are things that occur that are not necessarily in agreement with, although they may be substantiating of different opinions, and they may be against other opinions, and you just take them for what they're worth. Clearly, the, the rhetoric of the Talmud is, what are you talking about, Rav Kista? Following Rav, now even following Rav, Rav in the end here is a Yahid. Remember, you follow the Rabim, you follow the majority view, you don't follow the individual stuff. So, 
I'm going to read now the Iyunim below, because as you can imagine, this, this one raises a number of questions. Rabin Tambu al-Ravchista. Many people were surprised or were amazed, puzzled on what Ravchista did. How could he do what he did, which clearly wasn't the majority view of all the sages? That even if Rav Hananel said, ex post facto, it was okay. You didn't do it, but you should have done it, but you didn't do it, and it was still, we'll still call it Birkat Amazon. But he didn't say to do it a priori. If you had missed it, he might have said, all right, you, you had enough of Birkat Amazon, fine. But he didn't say, that's what you should do. Nobody said, that's what you should do. That he actually forgot to say them, ex post facto, and didn't go back and say them. In other words, he just said what he did, didn't make recognize his mistake, Again, halakhas of certain things that if you say that you don't add, that you have to go back and add again. What happens if you don't add Yalevi Avo? What happens if you don't add Ritzay? Do you have to go back to the beginning? Do you it depends if you said the whole bracha. depends if you finished the whole thing. Can you add a bracha at the end? Part of the halakhic structures. Here, he didn't add it, and he didn't recognize his mistake in that realm. That's one definition. V'yesh she'amru that there were women and servants who were sitting at the same table now that's already amazing Okay, they were part of the, the group this wasn't just a men's group as well and he wanted to show respect to everybody by saying a version which was respectable and acceptable to all because Nashim and Avadim can't be part of the other stuff. So what are we saying here? He wasn't wrong. He was trying to be polite. Inclusive is the word today. Right, Richard? The inclusive. He was trying to say better to leave things out and have everybody included around the table. Language that was today as we as you all know, PC, being careful with your language, all of the other stuff to make sure that you don't exclude which frankly in language is almost impossible, but that's a session for another time. But oh, let, let, me fin- let me finish the thing first and then I'll come back. Oh, Shesavar, ki miachar shanashim v'avadim e'nam omrim britu machut. Or even more so, since nashim and avadim can't say what they did, al ke'en gam ha-givarim lo yomru. Even the gvarim, even the men shouldn't say it. A higher level of inclusion. If I can't accept those people, then I shouldn't say it as well. Okay? The first one was, I had them around the table for that case. Normally, if it was only men, I'd say, Brit Torah Malchut. The second answer is, I'm not going to say Brit Torah Malchut, because the other people can't say it, and I want to be totally PC and totally inclusive, and I want to change the liturgy so everybody can say it which is even a higher madrega. Where we thought Rafista was going should be deplored, he's now all of a sudden become a model. A mo- okay, a model of inclusion in our world. So that you wouldn't have two separate liturgies. It's a so fascinating explanation again. 
In the Talmud, he's clearly deplored. He's wrong. Plain and simple. The, ta- the Mufarshim come back and say, when he's wrong, this is Rapista. He didn't know better. And he's following Rav. I mean, come on. And here it shows him now to be a mensch. Since women and Abadi and slaves around the table, he didn't want to exclude them. Or even more so, since they would never be included, I don't want to say it. I want to be more inclusive, even in my prayers, with even only men around the table. Okay? You have that today with all kinds of things with related to inclusive language and general neutral language and whether people only dove in a men's minion or what happens if it's men and women and all the right all those things still apply. How do you include? When you exclude, do you include on principle and ideology? Do you include on the you know, the moment at that particular time? All these things still exist. Exist in liturgy, exist in language, exist in our society, and frankly, no matter what you do, Endless. you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong to some person. As a person who does a lot of speaking and is, tries to be at least somewhat careful, you're wrong. There's no way you can please everybody and everything. And this is not a political statement; it's just an actual statement. Okay. The, the, the general neutral stuff you can be uh, you know get 99 right and one wrong and somebody will catch you on that one wrong okay you can be inclusive on all kinds of things except and all of a sudden you say something that you weren't even thinking about and I mean it's weird it's really tough out there today First it, just, it just seems to me that, that what he did is an extreme minority position yes right, right. there's no doubt um, but it's Rav and it's Rav Chista. These are not minuscule people. Now they may disagree. So they said it may have been that he a priori nobody said you should do, leave out these things. And when he finished it, he didn't really go back to be able to correct it. That was his mistake. He should have gone back. Again, as I say, there are different halachot of what happens if you miss something. All right, in the tefillah, it's something you have to go back to the beginning. If you haven't finished the bracha, etc. He should have realized he was wrong and gone back to the uh, beginning or, or said, oops, I mistake, I'll go back to that paragraph or whatever the case may be. That's one. The other ones clearly extolled, extol him, which are not what the Talmud sees it as. But yeah, it's Robin Rafi, but that's why it's surprising to them that this, you know, all the Tanaim and all the Amorim, and you have Rafista and Rab on that side, that doesn't make sense. But yet, it's a model because of how to deal with conflict and, and disagreement because it's still here. They still record it. They don't... Correct, correct. And they, he's respected. Yeah, no, again, you're, you're dealing with Rav Hananel, who may not be that important. Rav is very important. Rav Kista is extremely important. These are major scholars. And, you know, it may be ideologically he said something. It may be by mistake, etc., and, he, and what did he reckon, what did he rec- let's go back to the beginning what did he basically say he said you want me to teach you something I can't even do Birkat Amazon right you want me to teach you a Mishnah <laughs> meaning I'm not that good in my own humility for whatever reason I had the chance to do Birkat Amazon in the front of the Reish Galut and Rav Shesha got very angry at me don't depend on me mm-hmm. go find a teacher who really knows this stuff and can teach you it's a, it is, it's a phenomenal little story 
that originally seems to be very critical, which it is, but out of it you can learn a great deal, both in terms of the, the teacher himself saying, maybe I'm not the right teacher, I don't know everything, even I make mistakes. And the way that Mepharshim take it, in a whole different kind of way, is saying, you know, this is something to be complimentary and not to be deplored. He wanted to be, as I say in our language, inclusive. And if I couldn't say, um, you know, gender neutral language, I shouldn't say anything. If I couldn't have the people around the table. Okay? So you have people today, ideologically, ideologically, um, who will come to a minion and say clearly, and it's a male minion, and, and then to say, I only govern an egalitarian minyanum. Okay, whether there, somebody is there or not, but that's my ideology. Right or wrong, that you have people like that too. You have, you have uh, people are, have, have created their own standards of understanding of where they are in, in, in the liturgy, in what I would call psychology, civics, etc. You know, I'll only go to a place that will accept gays. Okay, I won't go to you know, North Carolina. I understand this morning may change their law. I'm not. We're not going to go to North Carolina because they seem to discriminate. It's all part of it. Okay. On the one hand, you can say, "Gee, that's good." Okay. On the other hand, you're also hurting a lot of people in terms of economy when you pull conventions out, etc. The people who need the work. You know, it's not a so simple. You can stand an ideology, but there's a ripple effect as well in terms of the economy, which affects people down the line. Okay? The people who need the money to be able to be the waiters where people are going to go to the restaurants, the bartenders where people are going to the bars, the hotel the people who are going to... It has ramifications. You can stand your ideology all you want, but you know, so... How do you make those decisions? Those are not simple ones today. And, you know, this will be the, the one political statement I'm saying. They're going to get more difficult in the next four years. In term, there's no doubt about it. Where you intend to find yourself in terms of the way this society is now seeing itself. Yeah, like the harem against Israel affects the Arabs in the West Bank. Correct, correct. The BDS stuff, absolutely. If you don't have income. Right? Okay, so... So really a, a very fascinating, Betsy, you're correct, they didn't throw it out, somehow they kept it, they clearly think he's wrong, but you can learn a great deal from it, both in terms of what it says and how the, the later commentators take it. If I'm understanding right, the misfortune who aren't living in our time are concerned about people who aren't under the breed but are present. They're, they're defining Ralkista as being concerned. As being concerned. But right. the fact that they would even think that way, think that way is, is fascinating. Correct. Right now because, Correct. You know, for us to take that um, a little bit further, it's like, who's in my presence right now? Jew, non-Jew, whatever. And what I say, you know, to be careful of what I say in terms of how inclusive I am. Not, yes. Not just like gay, but just in terms of in terms of some of these religious concepts. No, in general, in general, as I say, it's general, it's language, it's language and everything. And the second one was even further. Even if they're not there, he was careful. Okay? If they were there, you can say, oh, he tried to be careful not to use language which was he considered to be not inclusive. 
But the second one went even above that. He didn't want to use language that was not inclusive, even if they weren't there. Now that's a madrega of, wow. It's fascinating. It's, oh, it's very fascinating. It's very fascinating. And again, the, the, yeah, no, these mafarshim are much later. Whether they're right or wrong doesn't matter. Well, you got to look at. Let me. They has at the back who these people are. Let me just see. I think um, if we can find exact mafarshim. Well, one has no one. The. Um, let me just see. Right. I don't know. I don't know who they are. We have to look them up. Um, well, is it a particular group in the union? No, he's taken it from two different uh, books, two different uh, people. They're two separate people. Um, the Rashba is Rabbi Shlomo ben Adaret. He's one of the Rishonim, I believe. I'm going to say 14th, 15th century. I'm, I'm going to... I maybe live off a little bit. And Salaf at Siyun and Nefesh Chaya, I have no idea who that is. I don't know who that is. The other one's Penei Israel or Penei Moshe. Penei Yoshua. They're medieval people, but not very late. I don't know exactly. I'd have to look them up to see myself. Okay? Oh, no, I think it's a fun. Again. What you learn, you know, as Sam and I talked before, what I try to take out of this is not just the text itself, but lessons for, for you know, for our stuff. Tremendous lessons here. Both in terms of the text itself, as Bessie said, they kept it in, even though somebody seemed to be totally off base. And two, two opinions which are as modern today and concerned for today's society as anything possible. And, and sometimes we think they didn't have these value concepts. <laughs> mm-hmm. That they... And just have you uncover every once in a while that, you know, it's Got it. Last comment. Okay. Uh, so, Rabbi Chizda could have made a mistake. That Correct. That one of the Mepharshim says he's... One of them, there are three, four different opinions. One, he was just wrong. He followed Robin Wood and Rob Wood did, wasn't it? Two, one says, that doesn't make sense. He may have made a mistake. It was clearly not a priori. You know, the Chathila. The Diavad, he should have exposed back, he should have gone back and he didn't go back. And then we have these two other opinions which are much more complementary to him, which teach the lessons of what we would call inclusion today. Without really understanding the unintended consequences of, of, of what these changes really might mean. Correct. All right, thank you all. We'll see you in two weeks. Yes,